Shane is a focused missionary, and he is serving, let's see, in his third year as team director at Christ the King at LSU. He went to UT. This was not his plan, but somehow God zapped him and sent him right here to this campus. He says being a full-time Catholic missionary at LSU has been one of the best decisions of his life. But he gets a little lanyap because he did not know that I was going to get to introduce him. God actually used Shane to answer my prayers. And not only Shane, but that precious Luke Schecksneider sitting over there also was used to answer my prayers. When, my, when I started this ministry six years ago with my friend Jamie McWilliams, I didn't have anyone at LSU, and I didn't think any of my children were coming to LSU. Well, my son, who was at school in Pennsylvania, had an injury and was going to have to step away from the sport that he loved. And he was trying to decide, where was God calling him? And I was not in favor of LSU. Out of the blue, the week he had to make the decision, Shane called me and said, Miss Lisa, he knew I did some ministry here. He said, can I have coffee with you so we can talk a little bit about some ministry ideas I have? Sure, we met. The last 30 seconds of our conversation, I told him, would you pray for my son? He's thinking about coming to LSU, and I'm just not sure if this is the right transfer move for him. Shane said, sure. He ended up connecting with my son, meeting him for coffee. Called me a couple of days later, Shane did, and he said, Miss Lisa, can I bring some awesome guys from Christ the King, who are also fraternity guys, to have dinner at your house. So he did. Shane, Luke Sheck Snyder, and another awesome guy, Alex Nunez, came to dinner at our house with my son Christopher. That night at midnight, he walked into our room and said, I'm going to LSU because those are guys that I can follow. He said, those are men that I want to be like. Shane Nairite, did you have any idea that God used that night to answer my prayers. Like, your work here, it matters. So we are so excited to hear from Shane and to hear how God has been moving on his heart and to see where the Lord is going to take him in this ministry. Welcome, Shane. She's making me cry before I even start. <laughs> oh, gosh, Lisa Floyd, folks, she, uh, she'll bring the tears right out of you. Um, yeah, as, as she mentioned, uh, I uh, serve as a focused missionary here. I'm serving in my fifth year uh, as a missionary at uh, Christ the King. And <clears throat> truthfully, this, so this is the, the 10th uh, Our Ladies Fighting Tigers morning of prayer. I've, uh, I've been to, and uh, this is actually one of my favorite things that we, we, we do here at Christ the King, uh, and it, it has been something that I usually, I mark on the calendar, and I look forward to uh, every semester, and I think, I think for a lot of reasons, but uh, first and foremost, because uh, of, of, of how courageous, how brave and, brave and how faithful uh, you all are, and uh, I, I don't say that lightly because I think intercessory prayer is sometimes feels, oftentimes feels like uh, unrequited love. Uh, that it is, it is love poured out, and poured out, and poured out, and sometimes it seems to no avail. 
but the, the message I want to share with y'all this morning is that uh, intercessory prayer is actually the story of love fulfilled. And uh, before I, I jump even further into it, I just want to express, express a deep word of gratitude that I have uh, for you all. Um, I stand on the shoulders of spiritual giants, um, of, of many men and women who have prayed uh, for the students here at LSU, uh, for you all, uh, you all who have prayed, whether it be your siblings, uh, your kids, uh, your spouses, whoever it might have been who was here um, or is here that you're praying for, know that uh, your prayers are heard and they are felt uh, and they, they, they produce uh, real fruitfulness. Um, my job as a missionary gives me the great privilege of, of walking side by side uh, with students in what is maybe one of the most transformative times of their life in the college campus. And sometimes I think it's easy for us to look at the news or to, to look at the college campus and to be filled with uh, despair. And, and what I want to say is a message of hope, which is that God, uh, infinitely perfect and blessed in himself, as it says in the Catechism, in a plan of sheer goodness, created man, created those that you pray for, your students, your siblings, your spouses. He created them in a plan of sheer goodness to share in his own blessed life. And it's because of this that at all times and in all places, God draws close to man. Uh, that is the good news. Uh, that God is always consistently drawing close to man, us, but also those that we love and that we intercede for, and the students here on, on LSU's campus. And so what I, what, I, what I wanted to share, and I've been, I've been looking forward to hopefully speaking at one of these mornings for, I mean, years, I like, because what I get to see is, is the fruit, and I, what I get to experience is the fruit of y'all's prayer. Um, and and it's, it's a privilege because I get to see this, but also to know that, like, there are many, many people who are in... Um, other places who are not seeing this uh, that uh, are far more faithful than me. And because of their prayers, I have the privilege of walking with them. So I want to talk about the fruit of intercessory prayer first uh, in our own lives and, and what intercessory prayer can do in our own personal conversion and, and also what intercessory prayer does as it pertains to the conversion of those that we pray for and of the students here specifically at Christ the King. There was, uh, there was a woman who, uh, in a different time and place in history, uh, was uh, arranged to be married to a man. She was a Christian and he was a pagan and did not believe in the Christian faith. And in fact, actually, uh, across their marriage, had criticized uh, her for her faith, albeit he had some redeeming qualities, but also... Um, and, and he cared for her, but he, he was broken himself, this man. And he, yeah, like just criticized his wife specifically for um, her, her supernatural charity and faith. She was very generous and loving, all in the name of, of Jesus Christ. And this woman was a, a woman of prayer and fasting. Uh, maybe that's you. And uh, she, she remained faithful to this. And in, in 
not, not only this, not only did she get a husband who didn't believe in her faith and was criticized, but uh, she also got a package deal uh, because with her husband came his, uh, his mother, her mother-in-law, who was quite a, a hellacious woman, and she lived with him. Uh, maybe you can relate to that. I don't know. Um, but she prayed and fasted for both of their conversions um, for, the, for, the, for the duration of their lives uh, and for hers. And uh, a year before her husband had died, he had converted to Christianity and had, had accepted Jesus as his Lord and Savior and likewise with his mother. Uh, she endured quite a bit um, for the sake of the gospel and the gospel came to fruition in their lives which was quite quite a gift she also had a son she had had three children who made it past birth and her oldest son was uh, probably what uh, we would call uh, I'm trying to think of a better kind of a smart kid uh, a smart Alec as one might say for a less savory term, and uh, he, uh, at the age of 17, had decided that living a life of debauchery and a promiscuous lifestyle, one filled with uh, all the comforts of the world, alcohol, drugs, he uh, decided and committed his life more or less to this lifestyle, and when he was 17, this mother of uh, great faithfulness and prayer uh, kicked him out of the house (laughs) and said you can't sleep in here so long as you're living like this and uh, who would have thought this woman of prayer of faithfulness she wasn't perfect by any means Um, and one night she had a dream of God inviting her to receive her son once more into her home and to love on him and to be generous with him and to pray and fast for him and so she did uh, and after years of trying to pursue him, uh, he, in the night, without her knowing, ran away to a city. And uh, she uh, had, had been set on going to, to away with him. But, uh, you know, he snuck off and the means were tight. And so eventually, she somehow <laughs> made her way back to her son um, across, across the world. And... When she, when she had arrived, she had never stopped praying and fasting, but she had sought counsel from a bishop who this young man had come across as well. And there was a great encouragement from, from him uh, to, to pray for his conversion um, and, and, and to trust God. Her son, after living decades of uh, a life of sin and indulging in all the world had to offer, uh, had a conversion and was baptized. And she, uh, in the midst of it, uh, through, through the conversion she was experiencing on her own, started to pour in the women in her community. And she ended up leaving this, this beautiful mark on this community that, last, that lasted generations. Um, if you're familiar with the story, this is the story of, of St. Monica and her son, St. Augustine. And I, sh- I share this because I think sometimes the, the, the stories and the lives of the saints seem uh, impenetrable, but St. Monica was, was, was no St. Monica when she was here on earth. She was just Monica, and she was just trying to be faithful to God. And she did that through her prayer, through her fasting, and through her tears, 
and over decades and decades and decades of endurance, uh, hope did not diminish but grew. And that led to her trusting God, entrusting her son to him, and then also her leading many, many other women to their conversion. Um, this faith is, is the faith that Paul talks about in his letter to the Romans. It says, Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand. She, she obtained this access and then, and we rejoice in our hope of sharing the glory of God. She tried to share the glory of God and sometimes it didn't work, but she never lost that hope of what God was going to do and she knew that standing in that grace that that glory was yet to be revealed to her son, to her husband, to her mother-in-law, and to the many women that she had walked with goes on to say, and this is like the, the tougher part of it, more than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. The greatest fruit that you might bear in your life is your own personal conversion. God wants to use the intimacy that you have experienced with him to facilitate encounter and transformation in the lives of those that you come across, including those that we pray for. And the great hope is that a few verses later, Paul writes, God shows his love for us, but God shows his love for us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ has died for us, and he has died for those uh, that we pray for. And well, it doesn't always seem that way. Uh, it might not always look that way. Uh, what I want to share with you is that this is the reality that's been written on the hearts of those that we pray for, every student on this campus. And day by day, as it says in Acts of the Apostles, souls are being saved here because of your prayers, because God hears the cry of the poor. Um, and it's easy to feel poor when we look out at the world. But it, if we allow that to, to transfer our gaze to the gaze of Jesus Christ, souls will be saved. I'd I just like to share uh, two stories of, 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 of some of the fruit that I've seen through, through y'all's prayer. And, and, and witness on this campus. Um, one is the story of a young man uh, who was in my first Bible study ever here at Christ the King. And I, uh, he just signed up to be in a Bible study. He was, he was a fraternity guy here. And I, I didn't understand for the first few weeks why he had joined this Bible study. And so I decided to go out and try and get coffee for, with him and, and, and ask him, what made you join the Bible study? And he goes, honestly, man, my girlfriend said I really need to join a Bible study, so pray for their future spouses and significant others. Um, but, but even more so, what I came to find out is that he was happy that she had encouraged him and kind of like said, like, you're going to this Bible study. Because uh, in it, he started to experience conversion. And 
what I came to find out is that he had lived a pretty crazy lifestyle uh, early on at, uh, at LSU. I mean, one of, the, one of the more traumatic stories, drugs, alcohol, sex, you, you name it. And, uh, but he was good, and you could tell that he was hungry for more. This is one of the guys I ended up walking closely with, uh, which, was, which was awesome. Uh, and I'm still friends with to this day. And I have seen this man, while imperfect and still a sinner, make steps to make Christ the center of his life, to dive into the scriptures, to dive into spiritual writings, uh, to understand what does it mean to be a faithful man and a witness to God. And that didn't happen overnight, but it happened over years. And, and I got to witness it, and I still am a witness to it. And uh, funny enough is uh, what I found out um, yeah, years down the, the road is that his mother was uh, one of the folks who came to... Uh, who had come to Our Lady's Fighting Tigers and uh, had been praying for him. And, and it, it made sense. Like, because I, like, the gospel sometimes doesn't make sense. It does, and it's simple, but also it's profound and it's a mystery. And here I was witnessing the conversion of this guy over time. And I realized that while God invited me to play a small role in it, um, he had people in his life who loved him dearly, who, who laid down their life and entrusted their children to, to him. And here they were experiencing conversion. The last uh, story I want to share is the story of a Bible study. Yeah, a few years later, uh, I, I led a Bible study, another Bible study of fraternity men. Also, I just want to add, I, I work with a lot of guys in Greek life and, and non-Greek non, uh, life as well. But uh, for as many stories of, of men that come into this conversion, there's like, so many more with women, and I encourage you to just talk to any of my teammates, the female missionaries here, or any of the campus ministers here, anyone who's been here, like, like Allie or Shelly, as long as I've been, because God is saving so many people, and he's bringing them into relationship with them. And this is, these are just a few stories that I hope inspires some hope. Uh, so this Bible study, it was, uh, it was kind of the fruit of another Bible study that I'd led, and, uh, a number of these guys, his little brothers, and either in their fraternity or their actual little brothers, uh, they they had wanted to you know be a part of a Bible study, and I I met these guys out of the bars in Tigerland and football games and and you name it, and uh, as sophomores, like six of these dudes came and, and we met every week in my office, and uh, the I mean. Sometimes I was wondering, like, God, are you even doing anything in these guys? Because they're still acting like goons and acting, acting like a fool. And, they, you know, they make fun of me. I, I did CrossFit at the time. And they just gave me so much that trash talk for doing CrossFit. And it's funny. I mean, funny enough, uh, at, at, at the spring, you know, spring end of their uh, sophomore year, I'd, I'd actually made a, uh, I made a deal with them. <laughs> So they're all 20 at this time and turning 21 within six to six to 10 months. And I said, anybody who can, who can go without, you know, assuming that you're not with a guardian or whatever, uh, can go without drinking underage. I'll buy, 
I'll buy a $200 bottle of scotch for you. Or just you could just take the cash straight up. I'll, 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 I challenge him to it. <laughs> uh, they didn't last that long. But, but, there was, but, there, but there was one guy who did. He made it like four or five months. And then the last tailgate of the year drank. And I was like, dude, come on. You had like two months left. But he's like, yeah, I don't know. But I share that because uh, that guy actually who, who made the best effort to take me up on that bet uh, is over, over the next year and a half experienced profound conversion and is now serving as a Catholic missionary uh, in Denver with Christ in this city, encountering the poor and sharing the gospel with them. And if you had told me when he was a sophomore acting like a... Like a clown i would have i would have i would have laughed probably but this man has had a profound encounter with jesus christ in the eucharist in prayer in the community that we've prayed for here that you are praying for here another another one of those guys um is luke and luke has gotten to be one of my closest friends and uh i mean Praise God, I don't think it was originally in the plan for y'all to be here, and I'm, I'm so thankful for it because, um, Luke, I don't want to talk about you because, well, I do briefly, but I, Luke, Luke has been someone who also, like, like that young man, Brogan, uh, experienced great conversion through prayer, through the Eucharist, through the community here, and has since reached folks like Lisa's son, uh, but not just that. It, I mean, it, it's it's crazy. Like, uh, he's leaving an impact on guys who have since graduated from LSU who maybe never here encountered Jesus or, you know, came to Mass but wasn't living in their relationship with Jesus. And he's leading a Bible study in New Orleans. All these same guys who who want to have an encounter with Jesus. So I want to say, like, if you're, if you're uh, feeling a little down about the fact that maybe those that you love or care for and experience that conversion, that, that conversion happens in God's time. And he's got them. He's got them. But, but Luke, coming into his conversion, uh, it wasn't just Luke. It's his older brother Jacob and his little sister Marie. And that's the fruit of, of, of not just great parenting by Miss Amy and Dr. Mike, but y'all's prayers. And, and, and that is profound. Prayer is, is the backbone of our community. It is the reason that I even have a job. <laughs> the reason that we can even reach souls is because of the work that we are doing here. That's why I've been looking forward to this for a long time because I'm deeply inspired by the witness of, of you all and those who I know are not here who are praying fervently and fasting fervently and crying fervent tears for those uh, that you love. And so my encouragement is this. Please keep praying. God wants to uh, bring about a greater conversion in your own life. And that will be the greatest gift that you have to offer this world. And keep praying for the students here, please. It's working. <laughs> we, we, I mean, when we first started here as missionaries, and um, I mean, there, there had already been some great folks who come before laying a, a foundation. But I mean, there was maybe, you know, 20, 30 students come into daily Mass. Now on Mondays and Tuesdays at daily Mass, we have 125 students on average coming out. 125, that feels like 
it looks like these two sections are filled at daily mass on Mondays and Tuesdays. And the, the confession lines are, are, are long. I mean, <laughs> but there's like, people are coming to experience conversion. I just want to thank you and implore you, please, please keep doing it. Um, in this time uh, remaining, I just encourage you to, to pray. Uh, one, for your personal intimacy with Christ and your own conversion, but also to please keep praying for, uh, for this campus. Um, it works. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. God, we entrust ourselves to you, and we ask that like St. Monica, you may give us the grace to remain faithful to prayer, and that we might grow in endurance through the suffering, and that endurance might create character, character that um, remains in hope, Lord. God, I pray that you would bathe this campus in your most precious blood, and that you would bring forth the conversion of all souls on this campus, and especially those that we care most deeply about. God, we know that you are God. And because of that, uh, we leave it all to you. Please hear the cry of your poor. Amen. Thank you for listening. The ministry here at CTK is made possible through our generous donors and golden givers. If you would like to learn more or partner with Christ the King on LSU's campus, please visit ctklsu.org.